0: First off, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Royals Relationship Revelations Podcast. This is season number two, episode six, and I missed this. I missed, I, I took a little break, a small break, probably about two weeks, two and a half weeks. I just needed a mental break from putting out content, but now that I'm back writing down thoughts and Trying to go through just go through life with y'all really is what I'm doing. I'm taking you through obstacles and trials that I've been through in my life. And I I appreciate this so much. I, I find this me coming out with this podcast, I find it being so therapeutic. I get I don't I get so much relief from this. From the from the people that reach out to me, from the people that send me the messages on Instagram and and Facebook, man, I appreciate it so much because I, I'm just I'm just trying to connect with with people on on a different level, a level that I don't think has been talked about enough in um in the male community in general, but just from a that level of understanding I don't think is being talked about. So if you looked at the title of this episode. It's called Thoughts of a Black Male Teacher. Because I am black and I am a male. And I'm also a teacher. Um, so this will definitely. In my opinion. I think it's going to resonate with teachers more. But I also think it's going to give like, parents and other people in the community a chance to just kind of. Think about what we what we go through on a day to day basis being a, a teacher in the school system, especially in the high school. So, quick backstory when I was younger, I found garage sales interesting for a lot of reasons. So Imagine you just trying to get rid of whatever is in your house that you consider junk or whatever is in your garage or any just miscellaneous objects around the house. I I find that interesting that people would have sales for that. And so one day I'm driving past a garage sale and I notice is one of my favorite NBA players jerseys is on the table that I'm driving by. So I stopped by, and I asked the guy who was selling the jersey, and I'm thinking this is about to be a ridiculous price. Like, absolutely, not like getting it from the stores, but, you know, something of of the same amount. And it was a Dwayne Wade jersey, so Dwayne Wade, for my people who are not NBA fans, he was a shooting guard for the Miami Heat. My favorite player of all time Not even close And the guy told me he was like It's $15 And y'all I I mean my eyes like lit up It was It was like a kid in a candy store Who just found the Three Pick three pieces of candy for a dollar sale That's what I just found with this Dwayne Wade jersey being sold For only $15 And I was in shock I, I really was But I think the moral the moral of this story was that the value of the jersey to me didn't reflect the price that it was. So obviously I had a lot of feelings invested, a lot of, I had an emotional connection to this Dwayne Wade jersey because he was my favorite player. And so the value of it to me, I was like $15, that's it? But When I think about that situation to me, somebody else didn't see the worth in the jersey, right? To me, that situation alone explains how I feel that people on the outside of education feel about education. And I think that's what bothered me the most about being a teacher is that the people who are on the outside of education look at the people who are on the inside of education and don't value what we bring to the table. And I'm here to shed light on that. I'm here to be completely honest about the fact that I feel that we are undervalued. And that is I think that's the reason why we have so many articles about teacher burnout and uh just having people come into the to the education field who who actually really care because that doesn't happen a lot either. You we get a lot of teachers who are on the the back end of their years and they're just trying to figure out retirement. And yeah, that's cool like everybody needs to, you know, do it in their own way, but as far as impacting the community of children who one day have to be adults, we should be getting the right people inside of these doors. We should be getting people that are that are genuine, that reflect what what we want our child to, to grow up and, and, and to, I don't know, I don't want to say mimic, because everybody got to choose their own path, but, I think we got to be selective in who is teaching my child every day. Who is not just teaching? I mean, on on a lot of days we do a lot of babysitting. On some days we do mentoring. On some days it's counseling. Like we wear a lot of hats, and and people just you know they call us teachers and they say it so 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 casually. Um but the 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 department of education has labeled us as essential workers and they started using this term when um covid came about and so when covid happened they said that essential workers had to continue working teachers teachers were a part of that plan teachers were considered essential workers, okay? And for my people who are unsure of what this term means, essential means absolutely necessary. Interesting. So y'all are absolutely necessary. And so you need to be working during COVID. And what I I think a lot of people fail to realize is we had to be in the schools during COVID. Now, when, when, uh, let me take that back. When when COVID first came about, or was that March? I want to say it was March 2020. I may be wrong, or I'm pretty sure it's March 2020. When, when it first came about, we shut down and we went home and they told us that we needed to be digital. So any teacher who was teaching during COVID will complain to you right now about Zoom and the fact that we only saw students names for a year and a half because the the microphone didn't work so we couldn't hear their voices the the video didn't work so we couldn't see their faces and so the only thing that we saw was their names on this computer screen as we are teaching the same that I say the same way it wasn't the same way we had different resources but we had to do that for a year and a half because we were considered essential workers I I struggled with that at the time because you know COVID was a, a, a thing that affected a lot of communities but it affected teachers in a way where even after those first few months and then we came back the next year and then we had students in person and they said oh well you you just need to put a mask on we lost teachers teachers lost their lives to to covid because we were considered essential workers i think a lot of people lost track of that you may not you may not have lost a family member or somebody close to you but there were teachers that were being reported as having lost their lives due to covid now obviously it was due to some other reason maybe uh they had a history of some, you know, different illness. But all in all, COVID was the reason that they lost their lives. And we were considered essential workers during this part. And you may ask, did you did you receive a bonus during this time? And that first year of COVID, we didn't. The next year after, I think. Um, I live in the state of Georgia. I'm pretty sure that the state of Georgia may have given us $2,000, a $2,000 increase. Okay. Hold on real quick. For my people who aren't math people during that year that they gave us that extra $2,000, which is over 12 months, which is what most teachers I think there is a 8 month plan but most teachers do 12 months so let's take that $2000 divided by 12 $166.66 per month cuz teachers get paid monthly forgot to to add that part in for my for my people who get paid um every 2 weeks I I find it interesting. I find it so interesting. It's so mi- it's so many aspects of this that bothers me, and I I feel like this convo does doesn't happen enough. It it hasn't it hasn't happened enough up to this point for sure. Um. So right now, right now in the state of Georgia, for teachers, for being an educator, whether that's elementary, high school, middle school, wherever you are at, the average salary is fifty three thousand seven hundred and eighty six dollars. And obviously teaching, you know, it, it depends on a lot. So it depends on your year of experience, years of experience, and it also depends on how much education you received. So the, basically, the more you stay in school the higher they will pay you. So if you have um, a masters and you work the same amount of years as somebody that has their bachelor's, you 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 make more than them because of your of your degrees. Which I think that is a plus in a way. They they've allowed some teachers to to make more money but also you are hindering some good teachers from staying in the field because you told them that ah, we don't really care that you stay four years and that you're a really good teachers and that you have really good test scores or that your kids really connect with you. We don't really care about all of that. We just care about the the teachers who who make more. But then I can also see it from another perspective of saying, oh, we really like the fact that you stayed in school for that extra year or two to get your master's and then you stayed another two years to get your specialist and then you stayed another three or four years to get your doctorate we're gonna pay you more for that but there is no if y'all are thinking about this right now which I think you should be there is no balance in between it's either one or the other you either can pay the good amount for what you did or You are not getting paid the amount that you should be because you are a very good teacher, but you only stayed four years in college. So that fifty three thousand seven hundred eighty six divided up into 12 months is four thousand four hundred and eighty two dollars. Before taxes. So, we all know how taxes work. If you listen to this, obviously, I'm thinking that you're pulling in some type of paycheck. You know how much they take out of taxes. So, y'all can do the math on that. I I, I don't need to do the math on that. But that is before we take take out any bills, mortgages, rent, car notes, and then luxury. Like, we, we all like having a good time. We some of us have families, some of us have kids, some of us have dogs in my case, I got dogs <laughs> but that that amount of money to come in every month and to have to take out that much you you want something left over to to say that I am. I am getting a reward for for having a good heart, for doing this every day, for being a, a, a specialist in my field. As a teacher, for, for the majority, not all, I wouldn't say all, but for the majority of the teachers that are teaching, like in their heart, these people are good people because you are not coming into teaching for the money. I can tell you that right now. I'm not saying that it's bad money It's not bad money Um, For somebody who's single I I don't think it's bad money For somebody who has no kids I don't think it's bad money But for people with families Multiple Multiple kids um, A wife Maybe she doesn't work I I don't know you gotta have a lot of passive income or you gotta be real good with money, like really good with money. Um in my heart, I thought that I was getting into the, the, the teaching for the impact that I would have on the community. Once again, I am a black male, a young black male at this point, and I'm a teacher. I've worked with, let me think about this right now, as far as everybody who who fits into that category with me, I have worked with four young black males that are teachers, not parapros, not substitutes, not stellar substitutes. I have worked with four. In my, what year is this for me? I started in. This would be year eight. At the end of this year, to be year eight. So in eight years, I worked with four young black males. So we gotta we gotta think about this. So. When I first started teaching, I was teaching at the school that I actually attended. And that school was 50% black and then 50% white. It was it was basically half and half. And to not see anybody that looked like you. Nobody. Nobody that taught these young black males looked like them. And so... Growing up, the only thing that that I saw and the only thing that they saw before they saw me were barbers. That don't take a college education to be a barber. You just go to you just go to barber school or you go under a master barber. You can get the hours. It'll work out fine for you. Comedians, though it was it's a lot of black comedians out there. That really doesn't take uh a, a college degree. To do that basketball players so in basketball at that time you know for a lot of years you could leave high school and go but then you started to need some education so it's a little bit of education involved there but we we and we um started the rule where you only need it one year, so you're not really spending four years, you spend one year and then you can go to the NBA if that's possible. And then the last two, um entrepreneurs, which basically you make your own we all know what an entrepreneur is. I don't need to to go into detail about that. But then drug dealers was the last one. These are the people that I saw that looked like me growing up and were successful. Those were the options. I would have never let, let let me repeat this. I would have never thought that I would be a teacher and and it wasn't mostly due to me not wanting to teach or not one not wanting to lead the next generation, but it was mostly about I didn't see people like me teaching. So why would I think that that would be something that I would be interested in? So me, a a lot of the reason why I'm choosing to teach, why I'm choosing to educate a a community of people, and not just not just black males in general, but males in general and women in general and young young females in general is because I wanted them to know that outside of the rappers and the barbers and the comedians and the basketball players, like some of us out here are actually educated. Like I really know math and I'm not, I'm not saying that being cocky, but I really understand math. I really understand the world of special education. I have degrees in both I have certifications in both that's important to me because once you are one of the the rare the fewest um the the most unique to do it you you open the gates for other people to jump into that avenue and i need i I needed to know for myself that i gave i gave that that platform to people to say, I, I don't have to be a, a athlete to make it as somebody black in America. You didn't, you didn't have to do that. As much as I tell myself that I'm doing it for the right reasons, I also want to be compensated for my work. And and when I say compensated, I mean obviously I'm getting paid. I'm not doing it for free. This is not voluntary. But we got to make some changes, Department of Education. We, we as teachers, you know, when, when we talk about this burnout rate and the rate that the, the retention rate of keeping teachers is low because they, they don't feel value. That is that is really that simple. I don't feel value for the amount of work that I have to put in on a day to day basis. And in return, I I don't know everybody's story. I I know mine to start off. And I wouldn't say I was living paycheck to paycheck to start off because I was living with my aunt at first. But the amount of things that I was dealing with on a day-to-day basis, the safety, the safety of these kids, we have... Time and time again, we see so many not so many I hate to say that it it was it hasn't been a lot, but there's been enough to to for there to be a cause of concern school shootings i mean th- that in itself when we come to school every day, on a day to day basis and yes, we take this for granted because We never, we obviously don't know what every student's mental is when we walk into these schools, but that is a that's a level of concern. You push the wrong kid's button. You call a kid out for for such and such. I I I can tell you right now, I've thought about this a plenty of times dang i hope i didn't word that the wrong way i don't want them to dang i really hope that i didn't embarrass them and then you got some teachers out there that think that kids need to learn a, a lesson of embarrassment so that they that they can make better decisions but then you you start thinking about their mental like can they really handle that that's that's the part about teaching that i don't think people people truly realize is, is that you are you are trying to mold a generation of of students of kids of of these people in schools to to be the best version of themselves is really what you're trying to do. Yeah, I want them to pass algebra. Don't get me wrong. I want them to make grades, but that's not my end goal. My end goal is that you, when you leave this class You got something from it Like you're able to problem solve You are able to think for yourself You're able to handle the mental obstacles That it comes every day On a day to day basis With being a high school student That includes the relationships That you are with in high school The friendships that you have in high school Are you able to navigate all of that And still learn at the same time That's. I think that's really the goal Of all of this how do I handle adversity when it hits me and I still need to to study for that SAT or to study for that ACT? How do I handle my social life throughout school? We have these convoys all the time throughout the, the school day, and it's not just about biology, it's not just about language arts or, or Spanish or algebra, it's not about any of that, but it's a it's about like navigating. Obstacles that come your way and what you gonna to do to deal with that? We deal with behaviors unlike n- no one else. The the attitudes and the 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 use of profanity throughout the school day. The the fighting. I mean, I've broken up a uh, uh, plenty of fights. The I mean the the abuse that could be happening at home, and then they are getting sent to school, and we 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 are getting these kids who who don't know how to navigate that, and the only thing that I can truly tell them is, I I really need you to listen to this lesson today, Coach. I'm really out of it today. I don't. I can't really. And I'm trying to convince them that what they're going through at home is not as important as what they're going to learn from school. And I have no idea what they're going through at home. Zero clue. I'm going to end it on this. And I think this is going to be a two-part series for sure. Because as I continue to look through. So I have a notebook that I write down my notes. And um, as, I, as I talk through these episodes. In this particular episode, I'm, I'm, I'm four pages in, into my notes. I'm only two pages. I'm only on page two right now. And, and it's so much, it's so many details that I need people to understand when, when they talk about teaching and they talk about when we, when we got labeled as essential workers. It was for a reason. But they didn't pay us like essential workers, in my opinion, I know people who get paid six figures and they sit behind a computer and crunch numbers that don't that don't seem six figure worthiest for me. No hate in my heart. I'm just being honest, but my second year teaching we um we had a lot of gang violence in the in the school that I was working at. And I had a student come in one day and he was a very well-mannered student, real well-mannered. And so the summer before, I remember my principal coming to us and saying that a kid who was about to be a ninth grader, um, house had been shot up. Um, I think the house had been shot up like 12 times maybe and the kid had got hit with seven of those 12 bullets and basically was fighting for his life um, in ICU. And so, that like I said, that happened over the summer. So a kid comes into my Foundations of Algebra class. I'm pretty sure this was my second year. And like I said, well-mannered kid, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes ma'am, no ma'am. Just was always engaged, always was participating. And one day he he had he had on like a V-neck shirt and so um for for my people who are unaware of what V-neck is, it's it's like a it's a lower cut shirt and so you can see like part of, you know, someone's chest. And so I could see like these little bitty scars on his chest and I, I never truly made the connection. But one day I had asked him about, you know, why did he have so many scars on his chest? And he, kid you not, he looked at me right in my face and he said, coach, I, I, um, my house was the one that got shot up this past summer. And I was the one who was, I I was the one fighting for my life and in ICU, and, and just that alone, that situation alone, he was a a freshman student, y'all, like in his correct grade. So we're talking about a a thirteen, fourteen year old kid who had a different appreciation for life, and that kid taught me so much in that moment that. I mean, I can't tell you everything that I gained from the moment, but I can tell you this: being in the education field has taught me that it's so much bigger than the subject that you're teaching. It's so much bigger than that. Like we can we can talk about test scores all day long, right? We can talk about SATs and ACTs, but the biggest, the biggest. Obstacle of teaching is can I teach you how to be a functioning human being in society? And can I get this to click for you? If you teach them for the right reasons, that got to be the end goal. I don't think that's like a negotiable thing. Like, yeah, I want you to know math. Sure. But. You knowing how to do pre-cal is, unless you are going to do something in pre-cal later on in life, it's not going to help you. I want to see how you handle adversity. When you ha- how, how do you handle a problem that you can't really, you can't solve by yourself? Like it, it take a while for you to get to an answer. What's your perseverance like? You deal with so many other obstacles than just teaching math and science and language arts and history. We deal with so much more. And as a community, as people who who've went through the education field, who have people in the education field, if you have sons or daughters that are coming through the education field right now, You need to value these teachers, especially the good ones, because those are the ones that are leaving. Those are the ones who are giving 40 percent, but 40 percent is all that they got to give on that day. If I have 40 percent to give and I gave 40 percent, I gave 100 percent of what I had. Don't let that go over your head. So. I'm going to end this episode because I'm definitely over my limit. I usually try to keep these to to about 25 minutes just so you can, you know, wash the dishes or, um, you know, do some yard work as you're listening. But please stay tuned for the next episode. And I hope you all have a fantastic rest of the week. I'm so happy to be back. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I hope you all enjoyed it.